Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of In Context with me, Gregor Thompson. Before I start, I just want to ask you to please subscribe or follow this podcast. I do check these stats regularly, so it would mean a lot. For this episode, I spoke with Ben Cook, who is an A&E nurse in London. You may also remember him from episode 1. We catch up here talking about COVID, health, politics, movies, music, and much more. Lastly, in the show notes, I've put links to every reference we make in the show, including where to get tested if you think you have COVID-19, the symptoms for it, as well as links to download the test and trace apps. For now, though, enjoy the show. How was your, how was how your you night shift? Oh, they were all right, you know. It's gotten it's on the downtick again, which is nice. So we're getting like periods of time where we just get no patients, which is super nice. That's good. Yeah. Have you had the vaccine? I've had the first part of my vaccine. Um, okay. And uh, we were supposed to get the second one a couple of weeks afterwards, but they've extended it to like 12 weeks, I think, which is, I think most people are getting, to be fair, um, because they want to get more people done with the first one than, than get everyone fully vaccinated, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you think that's a good idea? I wasn't sure how like good the percentage was for the first dose. Well, it depends which one you get. We got the, we didn't get the Oxford one. We got the Pfizer one. Um, and apparently, I think from what I've been told, it's something like 90% effective with the first dose. And then the second dose only increases it by like 5 or 6%. Okay. But it's that 5 or 6% that, that people want. Mm-hmm. They want that last little, uh, little <laughs> surefire thing. Yeah. And then with the Oxford one, they had, it's not, it's six, it reduces transmission by 60%, right? But this, the Pfizer one doesn't. Is that right? Uh, yeah, something like that. I'm not too sure. I try not to look into it too much because I'm just like, just vaccinate me and then I can just not think about it anymore. Right. But we've had how's a bunch of people like, huh? I was going to say, how's the feeling in the hospitals? Is it, is it just as busy as before or is it? No, not anymore. We had like, we had a couple of weeks ago we were like busier than we've ever been um where it was at the peak of the second wave and it was just we our AD department was full and mm. our hospital beds were essentially full including our ITU beds so we've gotten to the point where we were treating patients patients were arriving on ambulance and having nowhere to be offloaded so we were having to see and treat people in the ambulance phase in ambulances mm because there was just nowhere Jesus. for them to, to, to go to. Um, and that was like, that was a super hectic, like maybe three or four weeks where we were just doing, it was just a full department at all times. Mm. And it made it quite, um, it made it quite grim because it was like, usually when we come in to get about our patients in A&E, we get like, this guy's coming with this, this guy's coming with that, this guy's coming with, like they've all come in with something different. They're all, mm. they've all got their own individual care plans that they need like putting into place. But then it was coming in and it was like 15 patients in your area, they've all got COVID, they all need these antibiotics, they all need these um, steroids, that's it. Like it was just like, it was quite, it got became quite um, a bit like monotonous. Yeah. Like we were just doing the same thing for, for everyone, um, which is obviously not like particularly individualized care, which is what we go, which is what we aim for. But mm. it is what it is. Yeah. Mm. At least we're on the home straight, kind of. Hope so. 
yeah i hope so like it feels it does feel like it now um it feels like london's always ever so slightly ahead of the rest of the country mm. in terms of like our numbers so i don't know i think feel like everywhere else is still probably feeling quite a, quite a hit at the moment but we we definitely feel like we're on a down tick um right. and there was like it went from that that horrible times of like just completely full hospital to then being like we're still getting lots of COVID patients, but we see treat and get them admitted very quickly because there is space in the hospital. Um, or then like, or like the number of people were coming in that were needing like an ITU bed were much, much more reduced. Um, but like our, our ITU department's still pretty much full all the time. Um, like it's still like the long-standing sick patients are still there. It's just the new patients coming in with it now, or it seems to be slightly going down, which is, a relief. Yeah. What do you what do you treat the patients with that come in with COVID? Obviously, because you got the vaccine, but then what, what are you treating them with when they're not in the age group? Um, it depends. We don't we don't give the vaccine as like a treatment because the va- because if you've got come in with COVID, giving the vaccine is not really gonna do anything for you in that right. in that time. Um, it depends. Like different. It depends on like your age group and like your past medical history. If you've got like asthma, diabetes, COPD, things like that it changes what you what we give um but it's usually just like a combination of like antibiotics and steroids and like obviously the antibiotics fights the viral infection and the steroids just makes it easier for your for you to breathe um by like reducing swelling and things like that um so it's like a combination of those two and then some people if they're really sick and they're not able to like exchange their gases very well in their in their lungs. That's when they need sort of more invasive oxygen therapy. Mm. That's when we give them um, we can give them like high flow oxygen through their nose, which is just like blowing massive amounts of oxygen up their up their nose, which can be a bit uncomfortable. Or we give them what we call BiPAP or CPAP, which a lot of people have at home. Like it's not a, it's not an uncommon thing to have for people who have like sleep apnea or COPD to have a little bit of BiPAP or CPAP at home, and that's mm-hmm. like a really well fitting mask that sort of sucks onto the face and then blows um, again blows oxygen like right down into the lungs to keep the lungs open and mm-hmm. uh, and help with that like gas exchange. It's really a it's really uncomfortable and people like when Sounds they first right. start it like absolutely hate it, but it's it's a really good therapy for it. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> Are you glad you've not had it then? Because it, you, you've been... It's quite lucky, actually. I, you've been around people for that you know long. What? I, I, think I've, I think I've probably definitely had it at some point and just be asymptomatic. Okay. Because um, in, the first, in the first peak, I had to move out of my flat for two weeks because my housemate got it. And he got it like... He got it where he wasn't ever sick enough to go to hospital. He was just like sick in bed, feeling pretty crap for like a week or so. And then eventually was like slowly getting over it. Mm. But like before, before he'd had symptoms, I'd barely seen him. So I, I'd probably got come into contact with him and, and gotten it off of him. But like after that, I didn't, I'd never had any symptoms or anything, but I did have antibodies when they tested me. So I either got it off him or I got it off someone from work or whatever, yeah. but I've never been, I've never been symptomatic in a way that would like be infectious to anyone else. I'm not like, I've never had like a cough. I've never been yeah. like super, super unwell. Um, so I've definitely had it just not, 
not realize i'm just I'm, I'm kind of built different do you know what i mean i'm, I'm yeah i was gonna say I'm, I'm that i'm kind of i'm strong i'm a no there's no <laughs> there's no reason it's honestly so arbitrary and in, in like sometimes who it who it really badly affects yeah i suppose it's also well yeah i suppose there's also the thing i always kept finding with the government and everyone talking about the uh, covid was no one was talking about the kind of like health things you could do so like boosting your immune system and stuff like that so if you did catch it you would maybe fight it off better you had a better chance of fighting yeah it off. i mean i think that's that's part of like the government sh- like constant should always be promoting like good public health in terms of like yeah, of getting good exercise eating well things like that like that's kind of like a given but yeah it's, it's i think even if even if someone was, you know, looking after themselves and doing all the right things, there's always that like tiny yeah, percent of a chance, chance that it's just going to hit them wrong and they're going to they're going to mm. take a really bad turn. Yeah, you've never had it, have you? No, um, Alex had it about like seven or eight months ago, and mm. she just lost her t- um, test, taste and smell. Well, there's like, like there's minimal testing places in there in Scotland. It like. Yeah, I think there's there's now one place you could go on foot, which is in Edinburgh somewhere. I can't imagine, I can't think where it is, or you can drive to Edinburgh Airport. Um, mm. But it's, it's like so weird at Edinburgh Airport. It's like it's like apocalyptic. Like you drive right through, like through through all the runways, and then there's like the guys with like the hazmat suits and got like, just hold up signs saying "Don't like turn your engine off and put the window down." Oh, it's weird. My, my housemate, um, my current housemate, also got some symptoms which turned out to not be COVID, but I again had to move out and it took like three days for us to get a swab organized, sent back and um, processed yeah. before I could, before I knew that it was not COVID and I could come back home. When was that? Like, that was literally like a, a month ago, if that, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, right. Okay. That's surprising. I yeah. thought it would have been better by now. Oh yeah. I mean, people are still getting it. And the thing is like, she we were pretty certain it wasn't covid because all she had was a bit of a temperature and like the number of things that come under the bracket like that temperature comes under as a symptom yeah is like like the length of your arm it's it's ridiculous so it's there's a thousand other things that it could have been and she was definitely she's just like a bit run down a bit of a cold a bit of you know it's winter you know she got a bit of flu or whatever but because of you know the fact that i work with work in A&E and you know we have to be insanely cautious they were like no you have to just come out of your house again I hadn't seen her for like four days before um she got symptoms so like fortunately they were like we'll put you in a hotel you've got yeah. a couple of days off until you work again once the swab comes back we'll know what, what we want to do next but it was uh again a bit of a, a bit of an inconvenience it was also she told me whilst I was on my way to my fourth night shift in a row. So I barely, I could barely spell my own name and I was trying to figure out like where I was going to stay for the next like week or so. I was like, no, this is grim. So shit. Yeah. Because like I, I, like, I couldn't put one foot in front of the other just to get to work. And then I was like, oh shit, I've got to now organize somewhere for me to live for a week possibly. Which yeah. is grim. Yeah. I think that was, that was the thing with me is, is some of the like some of the symptoms are so vague, like the cough. I mm. I like cough anyway. I probably cough quite quite a few times a day, um, mm. and because I've got asthma, sometimes I get shortness of breath. So it's just, like every time I cough, I kept on like this is like maybe like a year ago. I kept on thinking, "Fuck, I really got it." Yeah, ago, but, definitely got it. Um, 
I kept on thinking I've definitely got it, but now I'm just kind of thinking as long as if the cough if the cough is is wet and I'm coughing up flame, that's normal. That's what I usually mm. have when I cough. But when it starts getting dry or when I do get a temperature, because that's something that I wouldn't usually yeah. get, or the loss of taste and smell. That's what I'm trying to think mm. about. Yeah, I think the number of people coming in because again, when we have patients come into Amy, they might not come in for a COVID thing, but they might say, Oh yeah, I've got a I've got a cough, but it's a smoker's cough. Like I, mm. I've been, I smoke like two packs a day. I've smoked for like 30 years. I've always coughed. We're like, we still have to assume that you might have COVID. So you have to go into like yeah. a, a question, query COVID sort of area mm-hmm. where they're still isolated from everyone. So it's not like we're just chucking everyone in, in one room and everyone gets COVID. It's more like we, we don't know. So we need to keep everyone sort of separate unless yeah. someone comes in with absolutely zero COVID symptoms. They, we're, we have to treat them as like a possible COVID. Yeah, of course. Which is pretty shit. Yeah. How's life outside of work? Mm. If there is one. It's it's not so bad, you know. I think think you and I have both been quite lucky, actually, in that we've now got someone to spend our time with outside of work. Yeah. Mm. Because, um, fortunately, um, I work with um, Grace. So we, um, we, we get to see each other at work and then in the transitions between um, like days and nights or whatever, we'll spend some time together or we'll do like a couple of days together when we've got time off. Um, so that made it so much better because like in the first lockdown or the first wave, I was living, I was living with a couple of my housemates, which, a couple of housemates, which was nice, but like one of them went home and he was like really concerned about being, staying with nurses. And then my other housemate was like, constantly at work when I wasn't so we were always missing each other so like I was super super like felt super super isolated whilst um whilst we were in the first wave so the second wave has been it's been worse from a from a point of work has been much worse but at least that's all my time off I've had you know I've had something to do and someone to spend some spend my time with which has been ideal do you know what I mean because I think you've probably got the same thing right yeah I kind of found out this the start of the the first lockdown, the first two months were fine. That was when I was with my parents. That was fine mm. because it was great to have time off and I had so much to do and I like got a lot of yeah. stuff done. But then it was after maybe like the two months I started feeling like, crap, I need to, I need to do something. I'm missing people. Um, but mm. now I'm most of the time in Edinburgh and Alex is flat. So she's still working. I'm furloughed, but she's still working five days a week. So mm. I'll just stay From in home. her flat. Uh, most of the time yeah but sometimes she has to do like essential visits to yeah people to give them medication and stuff like that um mm. but i'll just like spend the day in the flat i might go for like a run at some point spend a day in the flat doing uni work and then sometimes she's just in the next room and then like in the evening yeah. we have each other to spend time with so it's pretty good mm. can't yeah. complain too much no it's funny you know because like when grace and i first started like seeing each other we went really quickly from, it felt like we went really quickly from um, dating to like being in a relationship. And I think that yeah, it was exactly a lot of people are getting that. A lot of people are getting that because all you can do is the relationship things like spend the evening together, cook together, watch a movie mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in bed or watch um, like hang out with each other at each other's houses, which feels quite like relationshipy. Yeah. I think a lot of people seem to be getting that sort of where it's like, you can't you can't really date unless you're you know willing to break the rules and you know yeah. go and do datey things but um 
we were we were like no we can't really be doing that so we'll just have to mm -hmm. we'll just have to spend time with each other at each other's places which yeah. again yeah we pushed us into a relationship quite quickly which was fortunate for us because we, we we've done quite well with it <laughs> well i was just saying this up when no, we just... first when we first started dating the like pubs and stuff were still open so we managed to mm. do like a first few dates doing that but then obviously with alex's mm. work we were trying to be as careful as possible and she thought we're going to have to form a bubble pretty early yeah um, and basically form that as an extended household um mm. And yeah, so we kind of jumped into it pretty quick. But again, we yeah, we we're lucky that it's we keep we keep on saying like if this is as good as it is this if this is good now when we can't really do anything and we have to stay in the house mm. all day, then it's then it, that's a good sign because yeah, we can't yeah, do no, anything. Think, so it's great. Right. Mm. But it's funny though, you know, because like I was saying to Grace, she was like, I don't I don't know what you're like in a club. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm an absolute nightmare in a club because I'm, I get drunk way too quickly and I start swinging my arms around people hate me so I'm like you haven't seen that horrendous side yeah. of me yet and it'll be like we'll come, we're coming up for a year in, in summer oh. when hopefully things will start opening up and yeah. the clubs will be open and I'll be there to <laughs> fucking ruin our relationship after a year by being a drunken mess in a club yeah yeah, that's strange. I've never thought about that, but I don't think I'm a bad drunk. <laughs> no, I, I think you're all right. Fine. There. Well, maybe it's her. Maybe if she's the one. The <laughs> oh, yeah, it might be her. What if she's the one yeah. that's an absolute nightmare and you're like, ah, this isn't for me. Well, let's go out separately. <laughs> nah. That's that be a well, well weird way to set up your relationship. Like, are you going out? Because I'm going, I'm going right, you're going left. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that video you sent the other day. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I was I was four sheets of the wind. I was so fucking drunk. I don't remember sending it as well. I looked at it in the morning and went, "Who?" I thought I assumed Grace had sent it from from my phone because I was yeah. like, "There's no way I was that drunk." And I don't I don't think I said anything in the video as well. You didn't. You just sent the video. <laughs> you know, the next day as well when I when I watched it back, I didn't watch the whole thing. So I did, when I text you saying like, God, I can't believe I sent you that video. I was like, there could be something horrendous at the end of that video. <laughs> I could have been like, also, fuck you, Gregor. I could have said something like, <laughs> I could have said something absolutely horrendous. But I was like, I can't watch this cringy video of me just being like, <laughs> really, really drunk. <laughs> sent me west. I was like, oh, this is not for me. I can't do it. For, for anyone listening, Ben sent sent me a video at what maybe like a like eleven or twelve or maybe in the early or was in the morning. Um, it wasn't even that late. Yeah, it was about <laughs> eleven there, probably. <laughs> um, and it was it was Ben and I'm guessing it was your flatmate in Grace. Yeah, just having a wee boogie. Yeah, well, my my flatmate works with me as well. So me, Grace, and my flatmate all work in the same Amy department in London. Um, and her partner was with us as well, who's moved in because of the lockdown, um, okay. which is again, another like like interesting dynamic because they'd only been together for a couple of months. But when, the, right. when they were like second lockdowns coming along, they were like, well, we've either got to not see each other for the coming weeks, even though they like, he's an, he's an ambulance um, uh, driver, paramedic is the word I was looking for. Um, right. He's a paramedic um, and he works, he comes into our work all the time um, to bring patients mm. in. So he's essentially works with us as well. 
but there was like a little bit of gray area. So people, we were like either, so they were, they basically said to themselves, we've either got to not see each other now until the mm-hmm. lockdown finishes, or you've got to move in with me, which is quite, which is a hell of a pressure to put on like a three month, yeah. like relationship. Um, but they were fine. And yeah, we just spent, the four of us were like, we just need a little bit of a night. So we, we cooked a really nice dinner. We got in some, some wine. We ended up playing beer pong at like 10 o'clock at night. Cause we were like, this is, this is the best night I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I think, um, I think I'd been talking to you earlier in the day about setting yeah. this up. And I was yeah. like, I'll just, must've just been like, yeah, I'll just send it. Send Gregor a quick video. <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't watch it, man. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> how's uh, has it been like staying with your parents during during lockdown as well? Uh, so I'm probably well. Yet I'm more at the more time in the flat than I am here. Oh yeah. Um. So, mm. well, so much so actually because I use maps on my phone and my phone has already changed Alex's address to home as your home address. So yeah, so I'm probably I'm probably there about six days a week, and I mm. just come back here once a once a day, once a day, once a week to see, no. like to see my parents and to see the dog as well because I want to see that grow. Oh, up. To see the new puppy, my god! Yeah, go get what her. a choice. Yeah, go on. That'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, she's yeah. so sweet. What's her name? Alba. Alba. Yeah, I think it, it means Scot- Scotland in some language and it means Don in Italian. Was it really? My God. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Wow, that's <gasps> oh. dog is she then? Who got her? She's my, she's my mom. It was her, her retirement present to herself. Fine. Okay. Yeah. She's very sweet. Isn't she just? Yeah. Is she giving like, you guys something to do then? on your days off as well let's give my mum like a lot to do because she'll be like training her she's knitted her mm. two jumpers already yeah um what else yeah she'll be like training her and she's trying to walk her so mm. she's got it's like a little she's like a little project i was gonna say it sounds it's very easy. sweet something to uh, to work on yeah she's so chill mm. like she just doesn't yeah, she looks like a like, quite well-behaved dog very docile yeah you can just you can, do whatever you want with her (laughs) she's fine with it and like she was even basically toilet trained when we got her Mm. because she started like crying when we first got her back and then she like went to the back door and then just opened the back door and she goes let me out would you (laughs) yeah it's crazy and then like for sleeping as well she wasn't she didn't like wake up or anything during the night Mm. oh oh. Oh. yeah a bunch of people i know have been getting dogs through the uh through the pandemic and there's something to do it's definitely yeah it's definitely something to focus on i think uh, i think that's that was something that people were like really struggling with was like not having like a goal whilst you're yeah. like something to work through um my housemate's gonna oh that dog man jesus <laughs> <laughs> gonna distract me then constantly now. um i'll put it back to um, uh yeah my housemate's getting a dog as well jesus <laughs> She fell. She fell. She fell in the pit. She fell in the pit. (laughs) Oh, she's very sweet. Yeah. She's a Buer. A Buer Terrier. Buer? Yeah. Quite a new breed. Came about in the 80s. I've heard of that before in my entire life. 
Yeah. It was a German couple who had two Yorkshire Terriers. Mm. And in the letter, they saw one that was just a bit weird, like a bit different. And that's apparently how the breed comes about. I didn't I realize that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that's how breeds come about. That just one just pops out and it's like, oh, that's a new one. Well, it's called evolution, Gregor. Have you ever looked up in a bloody dictionary, mate? I know you don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> Careful with that. You'll get in trouble. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Right. I'll put her back down because she was distracting. Yeah, I was gonna say. Isn't she sweet though? Right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking oh. that. <sighs> I've just had a notification on my phone, and we talked about this last time that uh, Boris Johnson's going to be leading another clap for healthcare workers this evening. But it's also for for um, Captain Sir Tom Moore, the uh, your man. Who, fair enough, sweet guy. He's done, done, yeah, done a lot. That's nice. Yeah, I think uh, I'll allow this one. I won't. I won't get on a big ranting tirade like I did last time. It is annoying though. The clap for the cares. It, mm. it doesn't really annoy me, and it. Um... It annoys me as well. Have you seen it, like the new advert where it's like the nurses and the patients, and it's like look them in the eyes and say you're doing everything you can. My God, yeah, that seems that seems wild. Yeah, it just it just it's just weird because it's a, it's a UK government thing, and it's like well, mm. you didn't do everything you could. Yeah, you crazy like, like accusatory as well. Like, to, to send out like a like a blanket like advert that says you fucked up, you've done wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you you're the reason. Yeah, you you the individual person are the reason that this entire thing is blown out of out of proportion and out of hand so so massively. Not I the fact like that we completely like a, mishandled it. Yeah, I feel like that's a theme of like how this whole thing's gone is the government's just like brought in a, brought in rules or like like made a mistakes and stuff like that and then just blamed the people mm. for it. And then gone, hey, you know when we gave you all those vouchers to go out and you know, <laughs> eat and spend time with your friends and then. And then for some reason the numbers went up. Well, that's your fault. You should yeah, know, idiot. Why did you go <laughs> home for Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, Christmas was such a such a wild time um, mm. at work. That was I think that was around about like the worst time. Christmas Day is yeah. like traditionally in an A and E department is like really really quiet. You might get the odd person that's come in with like I don't know like a, a monopoly injury from playing with their family or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, lot of lot of pin hats stuck in places but um other than that it's like usually really really quiet but even on christmas day it was like hectic hectic busy people coming in all the time um but fortunately i had christmas day off and we got to um me and grace got to have like a nice dinner together which was super super sweet yeah but still i I don't know what we were trying to save christmas for like, I don't know I why know, not, we were trying to save yeah. Christmas. It was never going to, like, make anyone any money. No one was ever going to get to spend time together. It was this, like, weird, like, light at the end of the tunnel that just wasn't there. Um, yeah. And I don't know if everyone felt like that, but, like, that's just how we felt, like, as healthcare workers being like, this, we, are, we understand that this is not going to happen. And I think it also comes, especially in London, with being, like, it, it's an inc- incredibly, like, multicultural place and all of our, like, all of our staff members are from somewhere else. 
like it's like the number of British to non-British staff members is probably in the healthcare team at least is like 50 50 right so there's so many people who like didn't get to celebrate Ramadan didn't get to celebrate any other like big um like events of their of their religions and, and of their sort of their people which we were like that's we understand that because that's you know at this time it's not it's not safe to have yeah. people gathering and things like that and then Christmas comes along and people are like, well, you know, this is a special time of year for a lot of people. And we're like, special time of year for, you know, Christians or people that want to yeah. go out and spend their money. Other than that, mm -hmm. it's not really a special time of year. We just need to continue on and not get a second wave like we ended up getting. Yeah. Which was wild. It's just weird. It's, just weird cause it's, 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 one, it's one day a year. You met, sacrifice one you'll get your Christmas mm. next year. That's why. And then it, it was just the way it went from like five days and then straight away it went back down to one. Yeah. After people started complaining. And it was always, it was always going to, I feel like they were just, yeah. The number of times that the government, it feels like we know that they're about to shut everything down and they're like giving us all these, putting all these feelers out to say, Hey, in, you know, two weeks, you're going to have to not do anything. So then those mm. two weeks become crazy. And people are like, you know, because if you give someone two weeks and you say, hey, after two weeks, you're not going to be able to do anything. Of course, people want to go out and see their friends one last time and see their thing. And that's yeah. when, like, the parks are rammed and the, the pubs are absolutely rammed. And, like, people are trying their best to, to like, enforce social distancing. But also, like, they need to make, make some money before they... They lock down so they're maybe they will let in you know a little couple of extra people here and there because you know mm. it's not going to make a huge difference they think in, in the long run and it's going to give them a little bit of a boost before they their business is shut down for an indefinite amount of time are we still in lockdown by the way i feel like i can't tell anymore we're definitely in lockdown we're in lockdown to the end of mm. february i know that and then we'll be probably going down to tier four yeah just doesn't feel like it here people are out and about um, me and Grace went for a, for a walk through the through Victoria Park yesterday, which is like it's not huge, but it's a nice park where like a lot of people come to gather. And I was walking, yeah, yeah. walking through it yesterday, and it was just so many people. And the number of people that I could tell, you can, you can tell they're not from the same household because when they see each other, they're like, "Hey, oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over here, and people saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm just here meeting um, a couple of friends," and I'm like, mm. <laughs> "Maybe don't yeah. do that." Um, yeah. It's difficult yeah, we to tell that. people on that because what they're going to yeah. say, they're just going to say, oh, we're all from the same household. Yeah, we've had that a couple of times where like the other day we went for a walk. You know, the, remember the old railway line in Queen's mm. right? So mm -hmm. we're walking up there because that was the quietest place I could think of. Like down the front was very busy. And in the middle of the path, there was, I think at least, at least two households, but I think it was three, like parents mm. and kids, all in the path, not socially distancing. We were walking up and they, they didn't move and we like walking on the grass it's just it's just it's just really annoying and then mm. the other day we were at tesco like looking at wine and a lady must have been over 70 just came like went right in right into her personal space yeah. and we took, like, two steps back and she looked at us like we were the weird ones and like then <laughs> yeah and then she like took then she like took two, two steps away and looked at her wine and then she did it again and even like i kept on thinking i was like even if there wasn't covid it's still a bit weird yeah, it's still you just invaded my personal woman. space. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think it's just awesome just because she's so vulnerable. It's just mm. surely you know she's wearing a mask, so surely she's aware. Yeah, she knows what's going on, but yeah, it's hard. I guess it's hard when you're, you know, maybe if you have, if you are older in in your years that um, to like regulate your behavior. It's like, yes, this is a crazy thing going on, but it's like, I've been doing this for 60 odd years and, you know, things have been fine. So why would I, why would I change it now? Which is, you know, I, I always like the younger people, who are usually usually quite good. If they if they get in my face or if they aren't following rules, I will I'll give them a bollock and I'll be like, hey mate, can you pop your mask on properly? Put it over your nose, for God's sake, put it over your nose. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I'm I'm with older people, I'm kind of like, this is all to protect you. So if you're happy to not have your mask on, that's on you. That's totally on you. You know, the chances are that you you're going to get it. You're probably, hopefully not going to give it to anyone, but um, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose any sleep over like not telling you to put your, put your mask on properly or whatever. Um, yeah. And I feel like just, just naturally people seem to give them a bit of a wider berth anyway. So they're kind of, yeah. social distancing does seem to apply when, you know, it's an older person that's, that you're, that you're dealing with. But mm-hmm. I was in a subway the other day, I'd finished a night shift and this woman came in like, both talking on her phone, like on loudspeaker, and kept like peering around the perspex glass that they'd set up to um to talk to the the guy who was the who had a mask on. God bless him. But I was just sitting there and I was like, just finished the night shift and just feeling crap and getting a subway mm. to give myself a little treat. Yeah. I was just watching this woman just like spray her germs everywhere, and I was, I was like, I can't not say anything. So I was yeah. like, hey, do you mind, you know, popping a mask on or like just doing maybe not talking on your speakerphone or just do something to make an effort here she yeah. gave me she just gave me a funny look and just carried on with what she was doing and I, I didn't have the energy in me to then kick off I was just like can we just can we just yeah. you know what's going on let's do this together yeah yeah it's hard working in, and it was hard working in retail with that with people wearing the mask there that annoys me more than people mm. not wearing masks because you went to there yeah. for putting the mask on and you've not put it on right, and it's not doing anything. Yeah. Um, you know that you know that you should be wearing a mask clearly. Yeah. Um, there's always a, there was a couple of people as well who came in, and I watched them because I was like on the door counting people in and telling people to put masks on. But mm. I, if we if, if I say you need to put a mask on and they say, oh, I, I I don't have one, we can just still just let them in or we offer them mm. a mask. But if they don't want to wear one, they they don't have to wear one. But mm. there was this couple and they weren't wearing one when they saw me they got their masks out put them on came mm. in and as soon as they came in took them off and then as they walked out put them back on again like, where is the logic because you've put more yeah. effort into taking it off and on again than you would have if you just kept it on it's people weird. do that all the time on the underground as well because they because there's signs everywhere that say you can get like a thousand pound fine if you're not wearing something on the underground so they'll put it on whilst they go for the barriers, get on the train, take them off, put their headphones in and have a have a chat or whatever. Yeah. And then put it on when they when they leave again. It's wild. It's just the worst place to take your mask off as well. I know, my God. An, an enclosed tube going like yeah. with no ventilation whatsoever. I'm always yeah. I'm, I'm double masking up there just for safety. Yeah. How do you see how do you see the future now? What do, how long do you think we'll be wearing the mask? How long do you think we'll be doing social distancing for? it's difficult to say you know like last year i was i was i think i was 
hope, hoping that like by Christmas it, this would all be gone. But I think no one, yeah. I think we didn't even, despite, you know, what we were seeing, we, we, we didn't really anticipate the, um, the full effect of a second wave. Um, it's hard to say, you know, because my, my whole thing is like, my plans are to leave the UK and go to Australia. And that's all yeah. dependent on Smart. COVID. And my God, <laughs> and for the longest time it was like, all oh, right, well maybe in the new year. And now it's like, well, maybe, you know, come Christmas this year, we'll be ready to go. But like, again, same as last time, are we going to get a third wave? Are we going to get, you know, these new strains now that have cropped up here in London, in South Africa, places like that. That's where it's, you know, there's going to be, new reasons not to not to travel again it's just it's really hard to say um so it's i don't really know how to see the future at the moment i have a plan and i'm mm-hmm. quite fortunate in that i can delay that plan for pretty much as long yeah. as, I, as i really need to um depending on what the world's doing but until then it's just i'm just kind of waiting okay what about you um what have I got? So I finished, I'll finish my degree in September this year. Um, mm. And I got an offer for a PhD. As long as I get a B for this course, I will, mm. yeah, I'll, I'll start my PhD this October. Which mm. good. But for that, I mean, I think that'll just be the same for maybe another, maybe the first semester of that will probably be the same as now. Just the distance Still learning. Yeah. 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 Um, I think at one point as well, I'll need to start giving guest lectures as well. I think they said, talking about like mm. my research. So I'll need to start brushing up on that. Yeah. You know, public speaking. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You can just, you can just be like, yeah, I'll do a podcast. Mate. It's not, uh, I'm all over this sort of like. I was thinking just put them into the groups and just be like, because I used to hate that when I was in uni and like undergrad when they used to say like, we'll just put you in groups and you guys get to know each other. And then you just, <laughs> just sit down. Yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Icebreakers for every single lecture. <laughs> the first, the first fifty minutes will be first fifty minutes. The two truths and a lie. <laughs> yeah, great, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've got planned. Fair. At least you've got again. It's, it's not, I guess it's nice still to have something like to be like, you know, at this time I'm going to start doing something new, or I'm going to be doing yeah something it would be Which it is, would be very tricky right now if i was furloughed and i didn't have anything to do during the mm. days um i think i'd probably be, be complaining a bit more i would say i would still find yeah. stuff to do um, i'd probably be doing the podcast more often but the fact that i've yeah. got stud- studying and stuff like that to be doing during the day mm. is very helpful yeah yeah fair mm-hmm. you seen any good movies um, oh, do you know what? We rewatched uh, this movie called Saint Francis last night. It's on Netflix. Okay. okay. It's really, really sweet. It's about this like, um, it's about this woman who's like in her thirties, like, and it feels like she's come, she's in a bit of a rut, and she becomes like a like a nanny to this this wee girl who is played by this like like a three year old who's so so sweet. Um, mm. And it's just like a really, it's just a really sweet movie of her spending the summer looking after this kid and like becoming like part of the family and like their problems become her problems. And there's like inter intersections of like 
where they're experiencing one where the, the parents of the child are experiencing one thing she's experiencing something else but they've got similarities um and it's really it's a really really sweet movie it's quite sad but it's really funny yeah. as well um so yeah saint francis was an absolute banger i, 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 yeah. I really recommend that whilst it's still there and now that i've mentioned yeah. it though it will definitely go off <laughs> immediately i've yeah. thought about it what about you what you what you've been watching um the one that stands out is green book yeah that was amazing i really like that um mm. the acting in it was really good and it was just, it was just a nice kind of feel-good movie mm. that's the one about the um the jazz artist and his driving yeah right yeah 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 just a musician of some description yeah he's, you know, he's like a concert pianist that's it yeah playing in a bunch and in all playing in like southern countries um mm. it just kind of shows the treatment of black people at that time and mm. the driver is Vigo Mortensen. Uh, yeah, he's kind yeah. of like an Ital- Italian American guy who, mm. yeah, it's really good. It's worth a watch. Mm. Uh, definitely, I've me- been meaning to watch a bike. I I've heard a lot about it being a little bit of another like white savior kind of movie, where it's like it kind of it it tells the story of racism, but it has like a white person as one of its main characters to sort of soften it for white audiences which nah, is like nah, I, I think, think i think it's a it's a it's a i think it's quite a, quite a um a common thing in in hollywood it's like it's difficult at the best of times to cast an all black or all person of color um yeah cast or whatever but i i think as, as long as they're getting that story out it's, it's still probably well, a i think i think specifically for that movie one i, I would say it was more the other way around it was more mm. like the concert pianist was getting through to the driver and kind of teaching mm. him. Um, but also, I mean, it's a true story as well. I mean, what are you, you going to mm. do about a true story? I don't, I don't like the the, yeah, the idea of taking a true story and changing very important it, things mm. to suit the kind of that kind of diversity thing. Yeah, and it's, mm. it's, this is the yeah. It's, it's only because I've been thinking about this a lot more because one of the modules I'm doing now is gender and race, which mm. I do regret taking. Because it's it's very frustrating. Um, it's good, like it's it's probably the frustrating topic from what sort of what sort of point. Um, so it's good because like the papers we've had so far. Usually, when I have papers, I'll just highlight some important stuff I find. But with mm. all of the papers I've done for gender and race, I've written about ten pages of notes for it, just because there's been something mm. like the first two papers we did were from the seventies on oppression. And mm-hmm. to me, they were fairly out of date. The kind of the issues it speaks about have either changed or they're not issues anymore. Yeah. Um, like, oh God, what was her name? Something Fry. And she, like the paper was good, but there's a, there's a part in it which she's talking about door opening when like a guy would hold the door open for a woman. Mm. And so this is in the 70s. So I can understand kind of what she was talking about obviously because men would open doors for women way more often as a yeah as some sort of some form of intention behind it yeah it doesn't work now i mean you hold the door open for anyone it's just plate manners and it goes yeah. on to say like you should only hold the door open for someone who's incapacitated or unable to hold the door open and that insinuates that a woman is unable to hold to open the door and even like for this for the 70s that's still that doesn't make mm. any sense yeah um, so the frustrating so thing when you about say, that, go on. Yeah, go on. 
I was going to say this, the, the main frustrating thing about that is with this, these topics are so sensitive that when you're in like a seminar, no one will kind of say this or like ask a Fun. question. They'll just say, yeah. can you clarify this? They won't actually, the fear of stepping on people's toes. Yeah. Which is, yeah, well, it must be really difficult. If that's if the whole point of you to, to do that thing is to have these conversations and like challenge each other on, on your sort of preconceived ideas to then be yeah. like, don't really want to hurt anyone's feelings. It's kind of um, yeah, counterintuitive, isn't it, to the whole whole yeah. thing of you doing it. So, are you looking at oppression on like a like a global, not global, but like a like an institutional sort of state, not just in like media? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the first two papers are first one was just on oppression, defining what oppression is and mm. who's oppressed. And I wasn't quite, I wasn't, I wasn't at all like. Um, convinced about uh, saying who were, were the people that are oppressed and it said that a people who do the oppressing cannot be oppressed so oppressors can't be mm -hmm. oppressed I would say well it's not, I don't think it's that simple I think if mm -hmm. a man grows up to abuse a woman or um, do something horrible the reason for that to me would be oppression in his upbringing mm -hmm. that's led to him being that does, that's not an excuse but it does, mm. to me, I just don't think it's as simple as saying people who are oppressed cannot be oppressed themselves. Yeah, that's, um, that's quite a black and white way of looking at, like, an issue that is so multifaceted. Like, there's no shades yeah. of grey within within um, sort of oppression, I think, which is people probably don't don't quite um, appreciate. Yeah, I think that's, that's the main issue with a lot of topics is they're postmodern, which takes it, which looks at issues very simply and says it, like, it is either black and white or... Mm else talk about people's experiences being either just as good or more important than objective fact which is worrying right. um mm. but yeah there is it's just also it's also we're talking about like institutions as well like the kind of systems of oppression as well and again that that takes things to look at things very simply so like the, the, pol the police the police argument was a good one actually because that's 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 very up to date people will be mm. talking about police departments being very racist and it's a system that's racist and um, you just mm. get rid of the, the, the racist police officers, you get rid of their oppression. But the mm. problem is systematic racism doesn't have to involve any people. So you could have yeah. all the policemen, could no one could be racist in the police force, mm. but the system still produces racist outcomes. Yeah. So it's not it's not as simple as like um, calling saying that everyone is contributing to racism. It's a system, mm. and it's the same with sexism, sexism, sexism as well. You could have all the men not be sexist, but the, the system would still produce sexist outcomes. Yeah. So it's not fair to say that all men are contributing to sexism or all men are sexist. Mm. That's a very it's quite that's I think that's a dangerous thing to say. But that's what all yeah. the theories say. That's what all the mm. all the theories say, and a lot of that, that's starting to spill out into like normal conversations out with like academia and stuff like that, which is worrying. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know. I don't I don't know that I've got much of a, I just think all cops are bastards, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. There's, it's difficult to, because um, there's, there's, I saw a, uh, I saw something the other day that was like talking about like how, yeah, we, they were, it was a, police chief in the u.s that was like yeah we give out loads more tickets in these areas because there's lots more crime and stuff in these areas so we focus our policing in these areas which makes sense 
to him and he was like but yeah but you're there's a lot more crime in those areas because people are much poorer and they are pushed to their they're pushed to crime because that's what they've got to deal with so they don't like it's it's fine to like be like ah it makes sense for me to aim at this sort of area because it's because that's where I know the crime is where whereas actually there's other there's loads more going on elsewhere that just gets missed because you just you focus on yeah. on seeing things as a as a st statistics rather than the people that are actually dealing with it, um, yeah. which is which is wild, especially when like this whole this um, back in January was it January the fourth when they had that insurrection in the US, and yeah. I was a hundred percent sure no one was there was going to be no um, no ramifications. And I feel like for the first couple of days afterwards, that it was like, hey, we know this guy, like no one's doing anything about it. We like have identified who this person is, what's going on. And it really took like public shaming for people to then have like consequences for trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> Believe yeah, it or not. Yeah. Um, it felt like for a long time, people were just being like, like there was going to be nothing, nothing had. And then eventually once people, had, there was enough outcry for it then people were really seeing sort of consequences, which is wild. Yeah. I feel like race there definitely played a part. Like if they were, if they yeah. were black well, or Muslim, they would be terrorists. They would be like, yeah. they would be, they'd call well, they wouldn't, have got, they wouldn't have got anywhere near the front door, would they? They wouldn't have got, exactly. you know, on the steps. They'd have been, it's been a, it would have been responded to with, you know, helicopters and riot police, yeah. like they're like any sort of riot, uh, riots or protests, peaceful protests that have been, going on you know throughout the year which have been dealt with in much more aggressive ways just didn't happen because this was all white people dealing with not real non-problems yeah i think it's also it's just ironic like for joe, joe biden's inauguration the theme was a united america and it's just, it was what like a week after that happened it's like it's, it yeah doesn't work shouldn't be saying that should maybe well, like a think, healing america yeah. makes more sense yeah i think that that does make sense because it's not united at the moment although i watched that um not that long ago i watched that new uh, the guy that made, that made fahrenheit 9-11 and he made a new one um and michael michael moore michael moore yeah. yeah he made another one about like how trump's trump got into presidency and and, and the, the sort of the systematic issues that are that are in the u.s that led to him becoming it and he opens it really interesting where he's like the U.S. is actually an incredibly liberal country. If you ask a yeah. hundred, like you ask the entire population how they feel about, you know, abortion rights, um, legalizing marijuana, gun rights, they're all very much like, yeah, you know, legalize marijuana, allow, allow abortion in, you know, at least some situations and people shouldn't be, it shouldn't be so easy for people to get guns. Mm -hmm. But then what actually gets enacted in, in government is so like it's the absolute antithesis of that they're like uh, reducing gun laws they're making it harder for people to have abortions things like that where it's like it's actually wild that the u.s is a really liberal country but they just don't get governed in that way yeah i'm surprised that like that's not more of an issue that that the, the people's voices aren't actually being w well represented they're just getting pissed off because their orange man didn't get back into office I think that the yeah that's I think it's true I think people people tend to agree a lot more than the media makes out like mm. a lot of the polls say like when you talk about big issues like climate change and stuff like that the left and the right do agree on most topics 
Yeah. Um, we're not, I don't think we're as polarized as we're made out to be. But mm. like for like Trump getting into office, I think it was it was a it was a mostly the right that got him in, but the left also like kind of contrib- contributed by going further left. So yeah, it's the same in the UK. Like the, the more the left start talking about middle class issues and gender issues and stuff like that, the more working class people start thinking, well, you're not talking about what's going to help me. Yeah. So why would I vote for you? That's maybe why people voted yeah. right here. And that's probably why people voted for Trump as well. Because mm-hmm. like the left were talking about things that had nothing to do, well, not nothing, but less to do with working class people. Yeah. Yeah, it's just partisanship, isn't it? I thought I didn't think it was an issue here in the UK until until it was. Yeah. But again, that's just probably my leftist liberal mindset where I'm like, <laughs> everyone everyone loves each other and everything. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm not really thinking about the, the issues that other people are. Yeah. Um and also this one for the UK the UK system as well. The way we vote as well is so undemocratic. The first the first pass to post. It's mm. the only other country that uses a first pass to post system. I can't remember what the country is, but it's a dictatorship Classic. in the world. So, I mean, that says, oh, yeah. I mean, we've got the most undemocratic democratic system. It doesn't make any mm. sense. It's the same with the US as well with Electoral College. That doesn't work either. Yeah. To be honest, I know more about the US voting system than the UK. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm very much happy to just be like, ah, the UK is probably fine, even though I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> sure it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. It's probably more, more says more about my... Uh, my world outlook that I'm like, everywhere else has got problems. We're probably fine, but everywhere else has got problems. Um, yeah. Whereas that's definitely not true. I think the US like politics are just so much more dramatic and exciting mm. than the UK. I think mm. that's why I like that more. I think it's because they, they're so like on two ends of the, of the spectrum. Like the, the absolute, the, the, the loudest voices are, you know, your Fox News, your Alex Jones, people like that who yeah. really inflame these insane, uh, bring up these insane arguments and things, which then forces the people on the, on the on the left to then have these arguments about, you know, are school shootings like made up, like like wild accusations like that. Where, I, whereas in the UK, I think we, I'd like to say that we are better at hearing a ridiculous argument and going we're actually not going to give any time to that we're just going to focus on the actual issues we're not gonna we don't we don't like we don't amplify everyone's voice to be the same we amplify the voices that are are making valid points and valid statements which is like wild in the u.s the fact that you know trump the an issue during the trump presidency was he would amplify a, a crazy statement or he would say something wild and then all the news organizations have to um report on it because they're like if we don't report on it everyone's going to go to another um news organization and watch their coverage of this wild thing where he told us all to inject ourselves with sunlight or whatever um whereas yeah i feel like in the uk we're a bit better at just going they said something wild it's not true but here's something actually that is true that we should be talking about which is which i think is better yeah, I think the, the media took their time and started to kind of censor Trump a bit more. So, like, it was mm. only to the very end of his presidency that they started cutting him off when he was making silly things. Yeah. So on Twitter were like flagging his tweets or suspending him from social media. My God, they, they the took last, their like, time. Two weeks it was the very end. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. when there's like, right when they, they knew he wasn't getting in for another term and they could actually 
they could they started putting into place the things that they should have been doing the whole time. Yeah. So, it's a bit of an empty statement, isn't it? At the end of it's, the all, it's all money because Trump Trump will mm. make social media money because he's like I think he's got the most followers of anyone on Twitter. So he'll make them money. It was mm. only because when he started to like his downfall started happening, that's when they were like, right, we'll do what the public want us to do now. Yeah. Yeah. Never followed him though. Never followed him. No, no, no. Not bad. I'm not gonna not gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. That was the other thing I wanted to ask is why why do you think more um like ethnic minorities did worse when they got COVID? Because a lot, I think a lot of the, the media's narrative was that it was it was just as simple as that, that like people of color just dealt with it, like had it, like their bodies dealt yeah. with it worse. But I think there's, there's so many other factors, surely. I think like, yeah, like yeah, there's, economic there's huge is one. Factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the socioeconomic like aspects of, of health is really, really interesting because people always say like, oh, there's, there's some, some, you know, ethnic backgrounds will have, are, are like more, leaning towards having this particular health um, outcome where it's like, oh, you know, um, these people might have worse heart failure or things like that, or they might have worse, um, like individual things that are, um, that, you, that people say is, it's a medical thing. But actually a lot of the time it's actually, you know, from diet or it's from like their living conditions or, you know, more people might be getting asthma because they live in damp houses. They might have like more people who are, you know, having heart failure because they're actually, their diet is horrendous and they're eating like really fatty foods or something like that. But that's because that is, this is the, the way that the only thing that they can afford or whatever. There's, there's, there's a way, there's much more um, like the way that you're brought up has much more of an impact on your, um, on your health than your, like how you're born, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Everyone's born with like, a rough like equal chance to um to sort of have to have have good health outcomes but the way you then are that you, that you live and you're brought up and you're and you and you have to survive is uh is a, is a huge impact and i think part of that is again like more people were pro- could probably be said to be getting it in ethnic like ethnic minority groups because they are then in much more often in um, a lower socioeconomic sort of um, state where they are living in closer proximity to each other in they have more people living in smaller houses they have like there's much much easier transmission um, which is then more people are going to get it and be worse affected by it so I think there is there's definitely a huge aspect of it which is which comes through that um, which I don't think I've ever really seen people talk about more much at all. Um, they're actually they're doing a really interesting project. I think the the bias in medicine around um, ethnic minorities and religious minorities is um, is becoming much more much more of a spoken about thing. Um, and they're doing a really interesting um, uh, project at the hospital that I work at. Where they are, they've they've isolated the, the idea that there's a, there's an issue in um, medicine around what we see as like a normal body. So we might have like might have something in a textbook that says this is a this is a rash that we might see with um, a specific type of disease, and this is what this rash looks at. And every single time that rash is pictured on a white person. And yeah. they never really show actually on a, a rash on like darker skin or sort of slightly diff- different um, 
colored skin will will look slightly different. So they've started this really interesting um, project where I work, where they are now identifying patients that are coming in with these rashes or you know spots or like these different sorts of things, bruising, uh, things like that, where we're used to seeing it on a white skin and actually getting pictures of them with consent, obviously, um, yeah. but getting pictures of them um, and making sure that they are also published alongside pictures yeah. of, on white skin. So that doctors can come out and go, actually, I've seen this rash on, on this, this skin color and maybe it is more dangerous or maybe it's actually not as dangerous as, as it yeah. is. That gives them more confidence to say, this is, um, this, this is what I'm looking at and I know what I'm looking at because I've seen it before. Um, so there's there's aspect there's things like that which I think are becoming much more prevalent and people are talking about much more, um, which uh, which is a good thing. Like people need to people need to understand that. I'm surprised it took that long. Like it's, that's only just happening now. That's crazy. It's wild, um, especially it's, it's in something just, like so scientific as the medical community. It's mm, objective as that. It's like like it shouldn't be yeah. about race or anything like that. But yeah. Well, it's 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 because people have for the longest time I've gone, this is, this is what a human body looks like. This is it. And never yeah. really thought about actually no one's body looks like that. No one's mm -hmm. like, that is just an, uh, a fantasy. And mm -hmm. everyone's body looks slightly different, even from white person to white person. Things look different on, on one person to another. So like the, the recognition of like individuality and individual um, uh, like health changes are is, is wild and it's now it's much much more um, being looked into which i think is, is, is excellent as i say yeah what do you think about the kind of i think it's more more in america but they're kind of avoiding talking about obesity as a factor with covid um people um, are people kind of like i think people are too scared to kind of talk about obesity for fear of people kind of calling them out for like fat shaming or something like that like there was a cancer research yeah. bus ad that said something like the number one cause of cancer was obesity and people got really annoyed at that mm. that's that's worrying isn't it i think it's yeah i think i think it's never it's, you should never shy away from pointing out facts it is for fear of like upsetting people um yeah uh, i haven't like i haven't really noticed much around obesity being a huge factor amongst um covid uh sufferers like it's more it's more to do with like your lungs and your your pre-existing conditions around your your breathing and your gas exchanges in your lungs and yeah. obviously that is it's much harder um it is much harder in in, in patients who are overweight um yeah. but it's uh it's not i haven't my personal experience is that i haven't noticed it as being like oh more loads and loads of people that are coming in with covid are actually really obese or something like that it's just okay part of uh less i think it's less of an issue but it's probably still an issue that needs to be sort of talked about and identified yeah okay what about music i know we're going all over the place but what about yeah, you, any, can, any new music up. yeah <laughs> um have you ever heard of arlo parks no she's a young um musician i think she's from london um and she's mm. she's really really great she's been she's got she's got a lot of um, uh, she was really she was pushed by BBC because she's like one of their like sounds of 2020 or 2021 or whatever yeah. it was I think everyone just ignored the sounds of 2020 because it was just, 
internal screaming most of the time. Yeah. Sure. Um, but Arlo Parks was just she's just released a full album. She she'd released a couple of um, singles and they were they were really really beautiful. And she's released a full album now. I think literally like two or three days ago, and that was that was really really right. stunning. Um, so I'm just getting into that. What else have I been listening yeah. to? Hang on, let me have a look at my Spotify. Oh, um, Jack Garrett as well released yes. last year. He released his album Love, Death and Dancing. Yeah. Um, yeah and he's just a couple of days ago, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, released um, his a new volume of it, which is him doing those songs live at like some independent theatre, um, which is really, really sweet. And it's really, it's, it's, I really, really like, I mean, I love Jack Garrett so much. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, un, it's a bit wild. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been listening to him a lot as well. And uh, what else have I been listening to? Oh yeah. Um, do you know James Blake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's good. So he's also, re- he released a, an album of covers just at the end of 2020. Um, Cause he did, he did a bunch of uh, like lockdown concerts where he was on live on Instagram, just playing music and, and singing for, for his fans. And he's, I think he's done a bunch of them on, put a bunch of them together on a, on a covers album, which is really, really nice as That's well. Cool. Yeah. What about you, what have you been listening to? Um, Kings of Leon released a couple of singles, which are really good. I did think that's completely missed um, out. Hang on, let me put this in. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was keeping an eye on Kings of Leon and it was it took me mm. like six months to realize that they released something on YouTube of just um, the singer like doing that, one of their new songs um, mm. and then I think it was about two weeks ago they released a bunch of like old teasers of every song in a new album then released the album songs and released two songs from it and I think it gets released mm. next month but they're really good so I'm excited for that um, oh, what else give them I did listen to the Jack, Jack Garrett album I really like it it's really good. Nice, isn't it? Um, and the vaccines also released a small EP of covers called Cozy Karaoke. Yeah, I, yeah one good. of their um, one of them came up on my release radar as a as one to listen to. And it, what was it again? Oh, I'll find it for you now. But that was yeah, that was, that was a beautiful song. Um, yeah. What's it called? No one knows the vac- the vaccines covered that. Yeah, yeah. It's really loved it. I didn't realize that's part of a, a bigger album. I should look into that. Well. Yeah, um, trying to think of other songs that are on it. Um, have you heard of Kate, Casey Mulgraves? They've done a cover of her. I know that. Um, I recognize the, the name. Yeah, she's she's good as well, actually. But um, they're doing a cover of one mm. of her songs. I can't remember what the other ones are, but there's I think there's four or five covers on the album which will be pretty good. They're releasing one mm. by one. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. What about you health? What what, you, go on, go on. What podcast do you listen to other than your own? Oh God, <laughs> on repeat. Go get um, those downloads up. <laughs> um, I've got like I think about twenty-five different podcasts I go through. Is um, it? I don't manage to listen to them as much now because I don't drive as much or walk. I usually listen mm. to walking to work or driving back and forth. Um, but. So my idea is I'll listen to some form of philosophy podcast first, mm-hmm. then I'll just go through the, the next podcast I need to listen to. Then a Joe Rogan one, because he just re- he just went to Spotify. So I need to move off mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts and go to Spotify for that. Um, but yeah, I listen I've to Joe Rogan a lot. never to the Joe Rogan podcast, you know. It's, it's really good. I, I, he's probably mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, is it? You get some of the... Some of the 
people he gets are amazing. Like the, yeah. the one I the one I just listened to was a guy who did a documentary called The Walrus and the Whistleblower, mm. and um, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Actually, he's seen. I messaged him, and he's seen the message, liked the message, and didn't reply. And I was like, doing my phone. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's going to come on. Yeah, I'm going to go back to him and see. Um, but hey, mate. Yeah, he I've was, seen that you've seen. <laughs> so reply. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he used to work at Marineland in Canada. It's like a SeaWorld version. Um, oh, yes, yeah. And he trained a sea lion called Mushy or Smushy. And then he like whistle blew the whole thing. He was videoing everything. Mm-hmm. There was like dolphins being like force fed stuff. And yeah. that Smushy basically imprinted on him, which mm-hmm. is where like a, a child imprints on the, mo- on the mother. So he now became the yeah, mother. Yeah. Um, and so he's got this massive like campaign about trying to save Smushy and he's like court battles and stuff like that. And he basically he just wants his sea line back. <laughs> but yeah, the documentary is yeah. really good. Um, and he was on Joe Rogan, um, which is good. Um, who else? Uh, Louis Theroux's got a good one called Grounded. That's quite good. Yeah, some good I guests on that. his one with um, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, she's great. That was quite a nice one. Yeah, the Chris O'Dowd one's really nice as well. That's really funny. Is it? Oh, nice and that. easy going. Um, mm. Gavin Oates has one called Show Offs. That's pretty good. That's like easy listening. Does he? It's, it's just it's nice and just a nice thing to listen to. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, that on my podcast, man. It's with the other guy from the Color of Ham, well, the Color Ham, mm. um, the physics magician man who was on Brent's Got Talent. What's it called again, Tom? The Show Offs. The Show Offs podcast. Yeah. Um, what else is good? Can't think. I've got loads. Um, do you know Dax Shepherd? He's in Without yeah. a Paddle. He's got mm. a really good podcast. It's a really good. I really like that. Mm. It's like long form stuff, but he's a really good interviewer. Yeah, That's good. Um, yeah, I'll link a bunch. I'll link a bunch in like the show notes and the YouTube notes and stuff yeah. like that. Um, all the ones I listen to. Um. But basically, my, my like idea for getting guests on this podcast is to watch a Joe Rogan one. And if like I try and get people who are there's like a line where they're probably just too famous to get. So yeah. if, they, if they cross that line, they're you know, they're never going to come on. But if they're that's a real slap in the face, Greg. Eh? I, uh, I'm sorry. You think I'm you're, not you're, famous? You're right. I think the I line. could be out there. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, lucky. I'm going on tour next week, so just call me out at the right time. <laughs> Well, actually, the other guy, speaking of tours, is is Richard Herring, comedian. Mm. He was on the latest um, season of Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get him. So I messaged, I messaged him on Facebook. And yeah. he, I saw, he was also on the Russell Howard show, and I thought he was probably too famous to get. Mm. But I messaged him on Facebook, and he got back like straight away like that, and he said, try again in a few months. I'm a bit busy at the moment. I was like, oh, Great. that's wild. Yeah. Amazing. So I, be, I think yeah, he's, people he's are probably next. looking I'll for something get him. to get down. Yeah, moment. they're just looking for uh, for um, for anything to be to do to get out there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like the one, two months, two or three months ago, um, I did with Helen Pluckrose, who mm. she wrote a book with a guy called James Lindsay, who's on the Jorgen podcast all the time. So I thought, mm. um, 
try and get her and that book she wrote a book called cynical theories it's that's where i get i'm mm. getting all these ideas about um no. like where we are now with gender and race and stuff like mm. that it's a really good book um mm. but yeah she was she was that was crazy to, to get her on it mm. but yeah do you know i listened to this podcast the other day um i used to listen to it all the time when i was younger um younger it was like a year or two ago i don't know what i'm talking about say. um but i used to listen to it all the time um but they 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 upload so quick so often that like if you don't listen to everyone you kind of miss out start missing out on the inside jokes um but i went back in i dipped back into it the other day because um russell howard was on it okay and he there it's, it's the, the the basis of the podcast is it's these two um australian comedians called um tommy and carl and they are, they're like, they're middling sort of um, celebrities of like, of the, of the stand-up world where, you know, they, they do TV bits here and there, but they do mostly their podcasts and other people's podcasts and stuff like that. And each week they get on a couple of other comedians and have a chat and basically just, just chat about whatever, they, whatever they is going on um, that week or whatever. Just chat about anything. And they just hang shit on each other and take a piss. Um, and it was really funny because like, I think of Russell Howard as like this really like um, family friendly, uh, like really um, quite not, not bland. I don't want to call him bland because I, I do find him really funny, but just very um, sort of lowest common denominator. Everyone. Yeah, not controversial. Yeah. Not, not someone that's going to like blow the, the roof off of anything, but like he's going to yeah. say a lot of things that, that everyone's going to find sort of relatable and funny. But he, yeah. but he was on this podcast and because it's not like the world's biggest podcast it's it felt like he was a bit more he could be a bit more like loose and a bit more himself yeah. and it was hilarious he was talking about like he's he's just gone to new zealand to um to to tour because new zealand is like it's like reopening um finally so he's but he's in a two-week isolation whilst he's yeah. doing the podcast and he's like i've been wanking like nobody's business and it's like wild just hearing russell howard talk about like yeah like incredibly like like filthy dirty sort of topics yeah, when i'm yeah. used to him being like oh you know relatable comedy um so it was really really funny but it's a really good podcast yeah. actually it's called the little dumb dumb club it's really really good okay. I, I, I used to like i used to listen to it all the time i'm getting back into it again now which is really right. good um another good one's hardcore history that's because mm-hmm. I'm not really much into history stuff at all, but mm. it does. Like, they're very long. Like, the last one I listened to, it took me about a month to get through it because it's about six hours long. But Jesus. it's so good. Like it's, it makes mm. history like very, very interesting without mm. like fictionalizing it or anything like that. That's good. Nice. Um, what about reading? Are you reading much? Honestly, I don't know if I can read anymore. I haven't read a book in a thousand years. I've I've bought a bunch recently, but I've just I've, I haven't I've never had like the I'm I'm being I've been quite passive with my what I've been enjoying. So like I'm happy to listen to a sure. podcast or like watch a movie or whatever. I'm not really I feel like I, at the moment I'm so knackered from yeah. work or like the emotional or or sort of um, genuine physical stress of of doing work that I'm like I just can't. I want to do something that doesn't ask anything of me. I want to just yeah, that's fair. Things. So I literally haven't read uh, anything new in, in probably a year or two. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. What about you? Are you reading something good? Um, I finished. Oh, I finished that cynical theories. That's really good. Mm. And yeah. Matthew McConaughey's book Green Lights. That's really good as well. 
I got through that in like a couple of days because it's just it's a very easy read, but it's very yeah, it's very good, very motivational. What's that? Is it is it is it like a? It's not like an autobiography then. It's kind of it's like a mix between all about autobiography and um, kind of like, like motivational book as well. Like it's just it's all of like mm. life lessons, but it's kind of done in the structure of an autobiography. But it's really good. Um, nice. Yeah, that, that's worth a read. But yeah. What about like health? Are you doing much to stay healthy? Um, yeah, little bits here and there. Like my job's fairly active, so I kind of I, yeah. I rationalize it in my head that like I'm doing ten thousand steps a, a, a shift anyway. So I'm kind of I'm looking after my physical health from that sort of point of view. Um, outside of that, like Grace and I try and we try and cook like fresh food fairly often, trying as best we can not to order in too much, although we still yeah. do um uh but yeah trying to just trying to eat well and um we we've tr- we're trying to have more of a when we leave work we stop talking about work and we we try and yeah. focus on something else what else is there to focus on at the moment Gregor? <laughs> there's nothing going on in the world yeah yeah all, like, majority of this podcast like has been on it yeah yeah yeah, it's, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm waiting for the day that I've got. That I can be like, hey, this something happened the other day that isn't to do with this fucking disease. Let's talk about it. Yeah, that'll be quite a while. Well, are you, are you, are you managing to keep keep well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I try and I try and do it because like I'm off for like like all day. Like I've not got anything mm. to do, so I should really be doing making sure I'm, I am mm. keeping well. So I like it. I exercise, try and exercise every day. Um, I've started taking like some vitamins as well, um, mm. and just do, like eating stuff that like boosts my immune system as well. I tried mm. this this thing called Alpha Brain, which is a um, nootropic cognitive function thing, like a wee pill. That and sounds, like... that's got Alex Jones written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh right, it's they're all natural ingredients. Like there's stuff like all oh, like. Yeah mushrooms are in it as well which i've started mm. i've started drinking mushroom coffee as well that's really good you know um, you can just drink regular coffee yeah but it's, it's like <laughs> it's more than half the caffeine in it and it's good it's like it's the mushrooms are really good for you it's good for brain function it's mm. like lion's mane and chaga mushrooms in it and they're really good for brain function and immune system um no. And it's it's only fifty milligrams caffeine, and I'm pretty sure like a Starbucks coffee will have about three hundred and fifty. Jesus, yeah, and it, fair so enough, yeah. it's a, and, it, and it does work. Like it still like mm. gets you up as well. It doesn't Part give you like up. the yeah. the jitters or crash or anything like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, the pills they're like all natural. There's no caffeine in them, and I I was very skeptical about it. I was very skeptical even like after I took it. It like it seemed to work really quick. Like straight mm. away, I was kind of very focused on what I was doing. And I was like, surely this is such a, this is such a placebo, but I've been taking it for like a week or so now, like when I need it. So if I'm going to, if I know I'm going to do like three hours of uni work, I'll take it. And it does seem to, it seems to work. Whether it actually does anything to the brain, I don't know, but it does do something where I am focused and I do Mm. kind of recall things better. And I might might have it somewhere. I think it's downstairs. And plus I shouldn't advertise Mm. it if they're not paying me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Not that they're paying me. <laughs> well, uh, this week's punch by. <laughs> That'd be great, but no, yeah, I can imagine. For a while. Yeah, mm. um, but yeah, that's about it. That's all I'm really doing. Okay. 
Yeah, it's more the mental health stuff that I'm trying to like keep on top of at the moment. Um, because it's just it is it is really taxing. Um, mm. trying to trying to get 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 their motivation up to go back and and keep doing shifts and stuff. Um, but our our trust has been quite good at being like if you're struggling, these we have facilities for you to to access, and we have like people you can speak to. I spoke to a um we have like a an on call like clinical psychologist um who like or I was like I I'm really reaching a, a breaking point here I'm really struggling um and they were like speak to her she can organize like a session for you we had a chat she gave me some like coping mechanisms and some she also recommended like some supplements and things like that that I could try um mm-hmm. which I did and I think it was like yeah the, the I tried some of the the things but it was more just the fact that I, I got the chance to actually talk to someone about how I was feeling that wasn't yeah. going through the same thing or whatever like because I've like I'll speak to my my um my coworkers and stuff about it, but we're all doing the same thing. So it's hard to know yeah. hard for us not all to be like we're all going through this. Um so none of us want to feel like we're going through it worse than the others. Um but speaking to someone that was a bit more external was, was quite helpful. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. another thing that might make its way to your hospital is uh, positive news. It's a magazine. I, I I subscribe to it, and it's just obviously it's exactly what it is. It's just a news magazine, and every single story is like hopeful. And good, there good was, story. yeah, and there was some campaign that they were trying to get it around all NHS staff to get it. Mm. So that might come around to you. Mm. I'll keep but an eye out for it. It is helpful because I, I read news every day, and mm. so probably about once a week I'll read that instead because the news is just so to... depressing, especially. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, um, we had we also had um, we had a therapy dog, um, which oh. used to come in once a week before COVID hit, and then obviously you can't really justify having like bringing a person into the Amy department every week to bring this dog in for us. Yeah. So we were a bit that was that was a that was a hit. But we've had a the police have come by with one of their um, like therapy dogs a couple oh, of times because they right, okay. they come in obviously with a lot of our trauma patients and things like that yeah so um increasing risk. so they come in quite often looking after uh, after their patients and they were bringing in their therapy dog to be like hey does anyone want to come say hi and and that's a that was a boost and a half i'll tell you yeah <laughs> just a little little scratch on the head my god game changer <laughs> yeah have you tried meditation um I've tried it before and I found it quite difficult to get into, but I did more of a, um, I did like a mindfulness course when I was in uni and I still sort of use sort of techniques from that where I'll just like have like a little, especially at work when things get quite overwhelming, I'll have like a little two minutes myself and just reset and then head back into, into the frying pan. Um, So yeah, I'll use more, more sort of mindfulness techniques. Yeah. Which can be great meditation to be fair. Yeah. Um, what's your immediate plans for, like for the next week or so? Are you just just working most of the time? Yeah, I'm off now. I'm off until Friday, and then I'm back in on. We've changed our rota has changed recently, so that we're now in work for longer blocks. So we'll do like three or like four or five days in a row, um, with like a change from days to nights in the middle. Um, but it means that then our time off is like longer blocks as well. So we'll get like four or five days off in a row pretty much every time we do, we finish work. Um, so I'm working for like from Friday till Tuesday. And then I've got five days off where I think I'm just going to 
do most mostly what I do on my time off, which is just like chill, like play a bit of PlayStation, watch some TV, like again, not do anything that asks too much of me. Um, yeah. And try and try and uh, see a bit more of the greenery of London, which well, when I can, because um, yeah. there's, there's like as crap as it is, there are places that you can go and get a bit of fresh air and and spend some time with the with the people that you like, <laughs> which is nice. Good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Good plan. Right. What about you? What are you doing? Um, I'll just be doing uni work, really. Um, because mm. basically this semester will probably finish about the end of. March, I think, start of April. So I'm pretty sure I'll get to one the end of the semester without stepping foot in the uni, and two, mm. I'll probably have been off work for the whole time. Which mm. I mean, really, I don't have much of an excuse for not like increasing my grades if I'm not working. Yeah, um, which mm. is good. But yeah, that's a bit it. Just be doing that, watching movies. We got a jigsaw to do, so I'm really. I uh, I bought a Lego set. Love so, uh, I think yeah. I think I might get fired into that next week as well. Because um, I did that as well. Yeah, I saw you start one the other. Oh my god! It's Friends and Iron Man. Nice. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't even realize that was a friend scene that you've got there. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Good. How long did that take yeah. you? Um. So to um to like spread it out, I would only do like an hour or so a day. So it probably took me mm. about a couple of weeks, but. It was worth yeah. it. It's really good. It's like it just takes mm. your mind off everything because you're concentrating on that. It's the same with the jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was hoping with this uh, with this Lego set. I bought like a like a like a moderate sized one because the, the the cost of like I was like, oh, I'm, do you know what I'll do? I'll just buy one of those huge like Death Stars or something like that. Like, I'll buy like a huge like thing. They're like four yeah. or five hundred quid. Yeah, it fell off my chair. So I was like, where are you <laughs> getting away with this money? Um, so I was like, I'll buy like a moderate sized one and then. We'll, yeah. we'll upgrade each time if I do enjoy it. Yeah. Have you seen the Stranger Things one? No. That's like 200 quid, but it's it's the upside down. So you've got like the normal world and then you turn it over and do it up the upside down as well. Oh my God. Can't even imagine how you do it. Yeah. I want that, but I mean, I can't just mm. buy 200 pounds on Lego. Exactly. So Yeah. I um, I saw I saw one for uh yeah it was, I think it was the Death Star which was like at least four hundred quid I was like this is wild I can't yeah cannot justify this at all yeah I mean there's people that do it like like properly as a hobby and like people like I think my mum knows someone who's got a room of mm. Lego like he's got like the Big Ben and like London yeah. Bridge and stuff like that so I can see why you get into it but it's yeah. a lot of money uh, we, me and um, me and Grace did. Have you ever seen? We got an Instagram ad for it, so we were like, "Yeah, this looks cool." We got this. It's called Sculpt, um, no, and basically know. they they post to you like two blocks of um, clay, and give you like some instructions on how to make some bowls. And we made like a little Grace. Grace's one is in our room actually, but we made some like she made a little plant pot, and I made a little key ball. Um, and like they don't, you you make them and then leave them to set for like twenty four hours, and then you can paint them and uh, make them glossy and stuff like that. So really, again, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little activity. We're just trying to find like little activities that we can do in the house that are still yeah, like it's like a date night, isn't it? Doing a doing some pottery or whatever. It's like ghosts yeah. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we we did a Stranger Things jigsaw like a couple of weeks mm. ago. And it was just so funny because we started it on the Saturday morning thinking, mm. 
I was thinking at least that we'd get through a couple of hours and then we could go on and do like other things, watch the movies or something. Yeah. Like and by like Saturday night, we were just staring at it like, like hor- like done the corners. Eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was so like the corners were the worst part because the corners were black. <laughs> oh, so it, yeah. it, took, it took us Saturday and Sunday to finish it, and it was <laughs> we were complaining the whole time until we finished it, and then we're like, oh, "That was really good. We've done we it. need to do another really one." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. What was that company called again? So I'll link it. It's called Sculpt. Sculpt. Yeah, but okay. without the E, so it's. It's trendy. ULPD, yeah, very trendy. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. It's it's quite cheap as well. And like the amount of clay they gave us was enough to make like maybe two bowls each. Um so we've got some leftovers. We're like when we're when we feel like it, we're just gonna get back into it. A couple of my housemates, uh, one of my housemates um has done it as well. And um a couple of Grace's housemates have tried it. It's just a nice, just a nice little activity. Yeah. Well, I think we're all caught up. Yeah, sounds good, my man. Yeah. Uh, we should well, do again soon. So that's the end of episode nine. Now I should probably mention about the middle of the show we were speaking about a documentary called The Walrus and the Whistleblower, where we talk about the man in a documentary making a connection with a sea lion, where obviously, given the title of the documentary, it was a walrus. That was my mistake. Very silly of me. Anyway, like I said, if you could please subscribe or follow the show, it genuinely means a lot. You can also find the show on YouTube where you can watch it at GT Media UK, where you can also like and subscribe there. And lastly, you can see my other work like articles, reviews and academia on my website at gtmedia.uk. So take care, everyone, and I'll see you next time for more In Context.